Hello and welcome to another episode of the Childhood Evolved podcast. I'm your host, Teacher Alex. This show is all about continuing to evolve the state of childhood forward. And it really wasn't that long ago in our history that childhood was not even acknowledged to exist as a unique and special state of development. And it's evolved forward all of these years, not by accident, not randomly, but because people have pushed it forward and have relentlessly advocated for children and for all things to just get better. And that's been the general trend in a lot of ways through human history. And so my name is Alex and I'm a preschool teacher. And through the years of my practice, I've had a lot of questions and just deep thoughts about different things that I see, that I experience. And a lot of this goes back to my own childhood as well, I'm sure. And what I found is interesting is instead of coming up with all these answers all the time and, and settling down and saying, okay, I guess I understand it now. It doesn't really work that way. It's more like I come up with new questions and what I found is conversations can emerge from those questions. And from those conversations, a deeper and more rich understanding can come forth. And so there's so much information out there. There's so many experts, and especially in the modern era with all this technology and the internet and social media, there's a lot of access to information. And so what I aim to do here on this show is start a conversation so that you can think deeper and start your own conversations and make more informed decisions for the children in your care, whether you're a parent, whether you're a teacher, policymaker, or whatever the case may be. So I got to start out the show and take a moment to just apologize for the gap that I've had since my last episode. I think it's been 10 days to two weeks or something in that neighborhood. And really what's going on is the same for a lot of preschool teachers and people who have preschool age children is it's the season of transitions in the summer. And there's just so much going on at work. There's graduation. There's old kids moving on, moving out, cleaning up, reorganizing the classroom, preparing for new children to come in. And so there's a lot of little tasks that just have to be done, like printing out labels for cubbies and for baskets where children are going to put their things to nap and thinking about which children are going to go in which group and which children are going to be paired with mentors and preparing our environment and getting ourselves ready. And then there's the actual task of play dates and visits, home visits with the new children and getting ready to take them into the program. And so it's just a whole lot that's going on, and it can be kind of an energy drain and a tough time of year to get through in a certain sense. It's also a really exciting time of the year. You, you get to meet your new kids and start fresh with a brand new school year. Certainly it's not all bad, but it's kind of the reason why I've slacked off a little bit on making episodes. And I think I'm going to try to do an episode every seven to ten days or so just while we get through the summer season and things are kind of tough at work and then get back to doing one to two episodes per week after that and so one of the things that's happening at this time of year which i've talked about in previous episodes with transitions is kids getting upset more than usual being more emotional breaking down and crying maybe even being more active and energetic and getting hurt more and things like that and so one of the biggest aims in teaching preschool and in supervising other teachers is to help children with these feelings and to help them learn social emotional intelligence. And one of the best ways that I've learned to conceptualize this comes out of Yale's Center for Social Emotional Intelligence. And they have a really easy acronym that they put together 
to get our heads around this, and they used the word ruler. And ruler is about your emotions. So the first R is recognize. You want to recognize your emotions when they come up. U for understand and L for label. E for express and the final R is for regulate. So you want to recognize your emotions when they come up, understand what's going on, and put a label on them. And when I did training on ruler, it's not just happy, sad. There's a hundred or two hundred or really an infinite infinite amount of labels that you can put on emotions and we went through we walked through examples of like sad depressed despair and a whole bunch of other words like that and really teasing out what the difference is between all of these things and so that's the direction we kind of want to start to go in with children in a basic way we don't need all of those words but to really recognize these feelings when they come up understand what's going on and put a label on them and only then can you really express them in an effective way and finally, learn to start regulating. And regulating your emotions is such a huge task for this preschool age group, for these two or three to five-year-old children. And the reason we so often say social-emotional instead of separating those terms is because all this social stuff really comes out of the emotions and they feed back on each other in such a, a profound way. Whenever a situation comes up in my own practice, I often find myself going back to my intention to teach or to help support children in developing social-emotional intelligence. And I kind of look at things through that lens. And so something I hear a lot of parents and caregivers, teachers saying all of the time to an upset child is, you're okay, you're okay. You hear people saying this to kids, right? You're okay. And I think we really have to slow down and ask ourselves, what are you really trying to say? when you say this to a child? Are you trying to reassure them? I think often that is the case. You're trying to be reassuring to the child and let them know, hey, you don't need to be so upset, you're okay. And so we have a good intention with it. But one of the biggest things we talk about with this RULER acronym is validating the children's emotions. Because when children really and truly feel heard, they connect with you, they get closer to you in your relationship, in your conversation, and what you're dealing with in that moment. And so it's like there's this kind of gap that gets closed. Whereas on the other hand, when there's a tension between an adult and a child, or really between any two people, we feel that gap widens. And the wider that gap gets, the harder it is to close. And this is something that, now that I think about it, is, is kind of a big deal in our country these days, where people aren't necessarily listening to each other and talking in a way that they once did. And it seems to be kind of a big problem in some areas. And so we can be honest that we're just human beings. And when we're working with children, if we tell them to do something and they don't do it, we may feel frustrated inside at some level. And we might be trying to remind ourselves, well, they're just children. They're doing their best. And that can help or that can even make it worse if we're now beating ourselves up because why are you feeling so judgmental, Alex? What's going on? Why just relax? And then you're kind of judging yourself and you might even get more frustrated with the situation inside so you kind of want to validate your own feelings too like hey this is an overwhelming moment or maybe i need to step aside and, and check myself or whatever and just kind of relax and like i've talked about in previous episodes i've seen teachers where the exact same situation is happening whether it's a circle time or whatever and it looks totally calm and then you talk to them after and they're like that was crazy that was chaotic that was so stressful and really the children are just behaving the same as they always do every day 
but the teacher is a little more stressed. And so things are a little bit different on that end. Things can feel really different in our lives depending on how we're already feeling inside, what we bring into the process. So if we tell a child, instead of saying, oh, you're okay, when they come to us, they're upset, they're crying. If instead we say, wow, looks like you are really not feeling okay right now. They're much more likely to feel heard and understood. And this can help unlock the tools and the capacities that they already have inside to calm themselves down to deal with the situation. Because whatever capabilities we normally have, emotion blocks so many things for us, for kids especially, but for all people. So if we're really angry, irritated, if we're scared, we're not able to be our higher selves and to do what we normally might do. And you see this a lot like on the road in traffic. People are really frustrated and they start just kind of acting crazy and acting wild in a way that they probably wouldn't do if they were just out in public in line at the grocery store or whatever instead of feeling really frustrated in their car. That can be a really good example of this coming up when your emotion just gets in the way and kind of blocks you. And this happens with kids. Even if you know they can use their words or work their problem out or whatever, take care of their body if they're hurt and they need an ice pack, whatever, this emotion, this strong, sad, fear, angry, or all of those, whatever it is, is just going to be standing right in their way and keeping them from moving forward. And so our first step is to help them calm down, help them regulate their feelings. And so often our first step to that is to just acknowledge them, whatever they are, whether they're angry, whether they're sad, whether they, you think they're in the right or in the wrong. Maybe you saw a kid just walk up to another kid and try to rip a toy out of their hand and it didn't work and now they're really upset. You're not telling them that that's an okay behavior just because you validate your emotion and say, wow, you're, you're, you really wanted that toy. You're really sad. You're really angry. You really wanted that. All you're doing is reflecting back to them what they're feeling and helping to clarify it for them so that they can understand and kind of apply that label for themselves as a first step to dealing with the situation. And then we can deal with what's actually happening. And so if we don't really take that step, but instead we just say, oh, you're okay. What, what happens then? What message are we sending? So something's already upset this child in the first place, and now they have this new problem of the adult not really giving them the support they were hoping for. Because coming and crying is like asking for help, right? They're trying to get a response out of you at some level, at some evolutionary level. This is why children cry. They're trying to get help. And so imagine if you came to your friend or your spouse or whoever, and you're just really upset. Maybe you're crying and yelling or whatever, and maybe it's an irrational thing something that doesn't really warrant this level of response but you're really stressed out right now so you are and maybe this friend says oh what that's fine stop overreacting what what are you crying for think has that ever happened to you probably don't have to reach too far to think of a memory of something similar and it can be can really shut down that whole process of communication and maybe make you even feel worse so this child that's really upset isn't feeling okay. You can tell them they're okay all you want, but they're not feeling that. And it's they're not going to start feeling that just because you say it. And at the same time, there's a time and a place when we need our friends to say, hey, snap out of it. Everything's okay. You're overreacting. But this can happen in the right way from the right person with the right timing. And there's a way with children to give them this reality check and reassure them and in fact, I do need that from us 
but let's calm them down first. Let's validate their emotions and encourage them to do the things which are going to bring the emotions under their control. And that's that final R that we're talking about with the ruler acronym. So we really want them to be able to regulate these emotions. And you're going to learn what works for any particular child. So for some kids, take a deep breath and modeling it for them can be really effective. You might need to break it down a little bit further. There's a really good series of steps to this that I learned once. And it's in one hand, you have an imaginary flower you've picked. And in your other hand, an imaginary candle. So on the one hand, smell your flower. Breathe in deep through your nose. And on the other hand, now blow out your candle with your mouth. And if you've used all those words about breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth and taught them this ahead of time when they're calm, then in the moment you can just fall back to smell your flower, blow out your candle. And there's a lot of different strategies you might use to help children calm, and you're going to know what works for your particular child. And so if a child is really upset, let's say it's over a, a cut or a scrape, really think about what you're really trying to say by you're okay. In your mind, you might see this child whose reaction and fear is just way outpacing the situation. And maybe what you really mean to say is, I see you have a scrape on your knee and I'm sure that hurts. But we can clean it up and put on a Band-Aid and it's going to heal in a few days. And then you will be fine or you will be okay or back to normal or whatever language you want to use. And if you notice with that phrasing, we're now putting it into the future. You're going to be okay. And that's an okay and reassuring thing to tell children because that is our job to help them get back to that place that's why they're seeking support from us in the first place they want to know that they're going to be okay but they're not okay right now it does hurt them and they are upset and so very often i find myself just coming down on the side of saying what we mean to children choosing our words carefully but let's not condense things or use shortcuts or talk in this kind of different way just because they're children just say what you mean and on the other hand, I know that saying, oh, you're okay, can come from a very different place from the adult. Maybe we're just kind of irritated that they're making this huge dramatic fuss over something really small. Maybe they didn't get the cupcake they wanted at the snack table. Or maybe somebody bumped by them in, in line moving outside. And we know they're not actually hurt or in physical pain. And we know that they're fine in our minds, meaning kind of like almost saying you don't really have the right to make this huge fuss over something so small you're and why why would we say that well you're really loud you're hurting people's ears you're causing me to give you all my attention when maybe other people need my attention and so again can we figure out a way to kind of say what we mean in an appropriate way when we're really thinking hey stop making all this noise and fuss so we can find a way to say that and while we're doing that, we have to be careful of our tone and our body language and all that because they can convey a lot. It's, it's possible to say all the right words but have our tone convey that we're kind of irritated, right? And beyond just like wanting children to feel happy and loved and all of that and, and using a, a good tone with them for that reason, we also have to be careful about conveying irritation to children in general because it sends them the message it might send them the message that we're not really in control here and that we, the adult, aren't getting what we want. And that's why we're irritated. And that gives our power away. And as much as children may try to push the boundaries, what they really want to know is that the boundaries are firm and that the adult is in charge and is in control. So they may try to grab for some power, 
but children don't really want us to give all of our power away. They need to know that we have that power. And so seeing an adult get kind of frustrated or have a tone or whatever sends a further message that they aren't really in control of the situation. And this can just increase those child's feelings, whether they're based in fear or anger. And that can provoke even more of the same behavior. So it can get really cyclical. And so that's kind of a non-moralizing reason to just have this even tone because it's going to work. So we can just say, Fred, you're crying really loud right now. That hurts my ears. Or I think that's hurting so-and-so's ears, the other children's ears. And you kind of just go through the same steps of calming them down. And you can kind of set a limit. Because if a child's really out of control when they're crying, you got to help them regulate. But if a child is just screaming and yelling because they want to scream and yell because they think that's what's going to get them the cupcake or whatever, you can set a limit with that. I need you to be more quiet right now to bring your voice down or whatever language you use and this happens a lot at nap time when a child is upset and we have to say look we're going to have to move your bed to another area of the classroom because other children are trying to sleep and that's putting that limit down another thing that can be effective is saying i'll talk to you when you're calm so instead of giving attention to the behavior that we really don't want to see which is the loud crying or, or whining just kind of ignoring that but letting them know why i'm going to talk to you when you're calm and then if they aren't hurt or injured or really out of control then they might be more motivated to regulate their own feelings on their own to get the attention they're seeking and so that's really it for today again i don't have necessarily a right and a wrong answer with this and you have to know your own child and your own situation but really what's behind everything that i'm saying today is to be intentional and thoughtful and reflective with what you're saying because it's not even a, a right or a wrong one-size-fits-all answer to this or to any language we use with children. It's really about self-reflecting. And I've had a lot of really interesting and deep conversations with coworkers over the years where I hear them say something that I'm not totally comfortable with or they hear me say something they're not totally comfortable with and we just think about it and we just talk about it. And it's not about right or wrong. It's just the act of having that conversation can be really interesting and take you to places where you're now analyzing your practice of teaching or parenting or whatever. Like I had a co-teacher once that just really didn't like the word mess. Using the word clean up your mess with children, really, she didn't see that as sending a positive message to children. And to me, it wasn't really a big deal, but I was willing to have that conversation and to think about it and get those wheels turning. And if you're in that kind of place where you're, thinking about everything you say. I mean, not everything you say. You don't want to overthink and overanalyze. But if you're willing to reflect and think about what it is that's behind what you're saying, then it's a very different place from just being on autopilot or just having automatic reactions to stuff. And I've had other teachers where I ask them, why are you saying this? I'll give a good example. Um, some teachers like to say friends instead of children. Okay, friends, let's everyone wash their hands. And to me, I just, it just kind of makes me cringe because, like I said earlier, just talk to them like they're real people. We don't have to change it just because they're children. And to me, it's kind of diminutive to say friends like they're not full people or something. That's kind of how I take it. But I talked to a coworker once when I was, at a, a, I was new to a school many years ago. And they actually explained their reasoning to me was that the word children to them is kind of diminutive to call you a child rather than like a human or an, a, a real person. So they had they had the exact same reasoning that I had for them to use the language that I that I personally wouldn't use. 
And so at the end of the day, they kept using their words and I kept using mine, but I really understood the reason behind it. And I was much more okay and comfortable with the situation when I, when I understood why. So that's really all I'm trying to say today is think about what you're saying and, and be open to these self-reflective conversations with other people, with yourself. And as I said earlier, it's a busy time of year and it can be a little bit harder to come home from work and, and get my thoughts together for the podcast, but I'm going to try to stick to seven or 10 days or so and really stick to this topic of social emotional regulation over the summer, partially because there's just so much of it that comes up. I mean, there's always so much of this that comes up in preschool, but especially in the summer, it can get a little chaotic and there's feelings flying around everywhere and there's a lot of support needed. So I have a lot of material to talk about. So thanks for sticking with me today and I will see you next time. Thanks.